to record, so welcome to the podcast. We're just going on with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only just really kind of kicked off. I think we found a, a, a point that, that might be of, of interest to listeners. Yes. Um, it's the, and it's around middle managers. Uh, with reference, you might want to take a look at Rocky's latest, or second latest post, Middle Management and the Digital Transformation. Because it's what we're um, we're kind of in conversation about, and you were making a point that if you have middle managers, that we do need to um, offer uh, development, education, growth, so that they learn some things. And because the whole leader manager debate still goes on, I'm not sure that's ever going to go away. But I was saying I'm not sure that um, I, I'm absolutely sure that everybody in workplaces whether that's you've got you know it's a it's it's two people or 200 people or 2000 people deserves uh some kind of education or growth or training sure, opportunities of course i mean I, I won't deny that but whether we um stick with uh a a structure because we've always had it i.e. we have this section of people called middle managers that's the thing that i'm questioning and reimagining how workplaces might be more satisfying effective whatever to maintain this uh, this middle layer, I guess I still ask the question: What what what's it for? And I know, you know I'm not getting at people individually. I, I've got friends who are middle managers, <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking about the, the 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 concept, the mental concept, the mindset of, of we have middle managers. Yeah. So the blog post was written from a. Um, and, and um, a feeling that um, I have or, or something that I've noticed where uh, quite a while ago, uh, about three years ago or something, uh, the general sentiment of social business movement, of the social the E20 whatever, digital movement, the digital transformation movement, or the people who were active in, in, in those changes, the thought leaders and stuff, um there seem to be sort of and I'm 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 being careful here because um obviously it's it's kind of an extreme point of view. But uh middle management was an annoyance, something that you'd have to forcefully break your way through in order to get things done. Uh, whether you want to go from bottom to the top or top down, you'd always hit that layer. And it would always be something you'd have to fight against. Uh, because whether change comes from the top or change comes from the bottom, the middle is always the one where uh, that has to change the most or gets changed from both ends or whatever you want to twist or turn it. And um, I... Uh, with stuff that I've been reading, I have the feeling that that sentiment is changing to a point where instead of avoiding middle management, we have to encourage uh, middle management and get them involved in the change. Uh, in fact, put them in front of the change, you know, have them do the change uh, rather than start with with the absolute bottom and work your way up until you hit that layer, uh, begin with that layer. 
And I think I think the point the point that you make though is is, is in, in a lot of cases might be true. And at this point, if you're listening and you have experience of this, please get in touch and let us know. If you've started some kind of grassroots thing, some grassroots movement, you know, people who are connecting with each other, they're beginning to use social media at work, social platforms, and then there's this sort of shift in the culture that begins to permeate and it comes from bottom up. There is, I think, a felt experience that it it's it gets stuck at the middle. Yeah, sure. And vice versa. If you've got some forward thinking senior folks who are looking at we we need to change how we're doing things, the days of old uh, ways of doing things are gone. Um, you know, I think about Damien Corbett, who's starting a movement, the social CEO. You know, the, 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 the people at the top who are kind of realizing the importance of a digital transformation, moving from the top down. Mm-hmm. Similarly, that shift in the culture and the feeling and the practices gets stuck halfway through in the middle managers. So I guess this is why you might hear other folks say, let's just get rid of the middle bit. Because top down seems to be going, get, getting exciting and bottom up seems to be getting exciting. If we want to reimagine, let's just get rid of the middle bit. What do they do anyway? Well, that's, that's where you get that. when... Sure, just get rid of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I think there's a third option where a business as a collective sees the opportunity of digital transformation. Sure. And and being you know have a certain collaboration and all all the fancy words, and um, that surely on a high level this gets decided, obviously, uh, because if you want to have a whole company to change, um, you cannot do it as a grassroots movement, because those uh, happen slowly. Uh, take a lot of time, take a lot of effort, you know, uh, whether it's in a business or in politics or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But if you're uh, able to make those decisions on the, on the highest level, um, and if the C-suite decides that, yes, this is the way forward, these are the changes that we want to do, then you have to make those changes within the company that you have. Mm. With the structure that you have, absolutely changing the structure. Oh, we're gonna do a holacracy, just whatever. It may work in the long run, but all the signs at the moment say that it, it doesn't really work because it it's just too much. So if you have that concept, then you have to start somewhere, and you cannot start on every level at all the same time. You can't do that. It's too much. So you're saying maybe take don't take positions on things don't get take don't take rigid positions you know the the question I think that companies need to ask is what works for you you know I I've been enjoying yeah. this uh, b- b- bits of um, news leaking out about um, holacracy it works it doesn't work we like it we hate it all that sort of stuff mm. and, and you know recently Medium the you know the blog site um, decided to ditch it holacracy trademark right. yeah. That what they didn't decide to ditch was the, the, the core of the essential principles of what holacracy is trying to achieve. And in that, I think, well, there's some merit because if you want people to have a sense of purpose and meaning at work, if you want people to have a sense of um, self-organization and self-management, if you want people to feel um, you know, uh, a, a, a sense of um, uh, autonomy, authority at work, then the principles you can remain with, but the the rigidity of a 
process, the rigidity of a, you know, by our thing, I think you can dispense with. So the question that Medium seems to have asked themselves is what works for us? And that, I think, was really good. So I think maybe you're saying don't take a rigid position, don't say middle managers should go or middle managers are crap or middle man like looking at the what works naturally for your organization. So if there's a situation where there's some middle management that you could maximize their impacts, it may be that that's a really good place to work with as well and not just take a, a like a political stand, if you see what I mean. Say exactly. middle managers are crap, get rid of them. Exactly. Because if you if you start with an attitude like that, you're going to run into problems from the get go. Well, I think anything that any try anything you sorry any time you try to impose a, a a structure or a system onto something pre-existing, you are going to get those clashes. Like yeah, exactly, this doesn't, doesn't fit. No, exactly. So so you you when you when you extend that thought a little bit when you when you talk about well every company needs to have its custom. Uh, interpretation of yeah. these changes yes that's true mm. uh, on a large strategic long-term scale mm. but when you when you you break it down to mm. the individual elements mm. i.e humans mm. you have to approach every human absolutely in a custom way because absolutely absolutely that's yeah. where the difference is being made right absolutely yeah and um, so that means for for uh, for change and middle management, um, where I think you can have a strategic strong position, because uh, well, they traditionally have that space, mm. right? So it's like maximize maximize what you've got rather than. So I, I'm with you on that. I think the idea is. The, of digital transformation or any other movement, when they suggest that you throw out everything and start from scratch, or you throw out everything because there's new idea, I think that really is is going to give you more work than you it's really looking, want. Looking for trouble. It's looking for trouble because you've got a whole load of uh, of strengths and assets and things that you can put to good use. If they may need some evolution, that's fine. But you don't just chuck them out and, and start fresh because that that bright shiny things attracted your attention. So you've got middle it, managers. If they're highly capable people, use them. Exactly. Them, have conversations with them. Exactly. Because what I'm thinking is you can have... Uh, okay, so the post starts with the, 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 the thought challenge, if you will, that we've all had managers, right? And we've all had contact with them, and at least most of us anyway. Mm -hmm. And some have not been good. Some have been better. And uh, some have been neutral. And well, what I'm thinking is the managers that I've had that were bad, that I considered mm. a bad manager, mm. um, maybe he would be flourishing if we would approach that particular concept in his particular space in a different way, gave him a particular freedom, uh, mm. you know, to do something where he's more comfortable with rather than uh, being forced to crunch the numbers or something like that, right? Yeah, so it's like well, help people to discover the things that they are strong at and that they excel at and that they love 
and they're exactly. passionate at and and let's see if we can find places where those people can fit exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. and if there if, if it turns out that there's nothing there that they're they're inherently uncomfortable in that position well then you have to have a serious conversation about what is your future going to be within the company how do you see yourself within the company what's your and, future and, and on the other side, how open is the and flexible is the business to say, look, if this is the sort of thing that you're trying to um, do here, where, let's see if we can find a place where you can do that, where you can express that. I mean, I had a place where, um, you know, it was like, what what things are interesting you? What things would you like to learn about? Um, are there a- areas of work with, that we're doing here that you think that we could add into that you might kind of pick up and 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 um, sort of kind of carry through because it's a particular interest or passion of yours. I think that's great. If it's a two-way, where are your interests and passions and strengths? Let's see where we can find a place for you. That's That would be really good. Yeah. We have to assume that, um, and that's a wrong assumption, but we have to assume that uh, most people who are on that level, they are there for a reason, right? Maybe they're not all competent enough to actually do the job and then mm. they would need some proper training or you know you scale it down a little bit or something 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 mm. but they are there for a specific reason right they are chosen at some point to to take up that role whether or not it was i don't know how, how it goes in england but well uh, you, you know get, i'll, get I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you on that because in your article you put sometimes they promoted simply because the vacancy needs to be filled true and they're the next one up and that is true in so many cases. You know, that, there's an expression that I learned in New Zealand, which, you know, you're promoted to the extent of your incompetence, the limits of your incompetence. Yeah, exactly. And I have seen that in so many cases. They need a role filled. Rather than think, does this role need filled, filling? They just fill it, and it may, may not be someone who's, who's adept at kind of carrying it out. So I also make the point of uh, my friend's work where there's a position kind of created which is kind of redundant but it creates a nice buffer between the team and management right middle uh-huh. management so uh, so you're a team leader uh, I'm the the department manager so you would normally convey directly with me and you talk with the the team which is also is already one layer right Mm. So we create another layer between the team leaders and the department manager. So you have like a sub-department manager or a super team leader, whatever you want to call it. So there's another layer being created between that. And it's great because the staff has to go through two layers in order to get to the department manager, which never is going to happen, right? So it's nice and cozy, nice and quiet fine i don't have to deal with all the plebs and just so it's about making the department manager's life easy exactly if you have the power to do that and if you're uh and pardon my french but if you're you're a great enough asshole then yeah and if you have the power to do that then why not so instead of spending your budget on extra personnel and and (laughs) to actually deal with the problems on the work floor you spend the money on an extra layer between you and them, so you create a bigger buffer. Oh, yeah, that's interesting because one of the things that my mind goes to is that it, 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 it's connected to that thing that we've sp- spent 
a few times talking about, which is power. Here's a department manager yeah. that rather than sort of examine where the power and authority sits for problem solving, they want to keep people away from him or her because problems need solving, but they can't be bothered dealing with it. Hmm. Rather than say, hey, let's, let's, let's see if we might provide the, the essential knowledge or information or relationships or resources that these folks would need in order to solve those problems yeah. themselves because actually they're grown-up human beings. Right. They're the same age as me. They can actually deal with this themselves. Right. I then don't have to deal with it. So it's like coming at the problem in a really skewed, again, a very kind of looking at a as a business, as a machine sort of way, a very mechanistic way of looking at it. By just sticking another little kind of level of screws in there or cogs yeah. or something like that, it'll just make the machine keep working, but I'm not going to have to deal with it. Right. And nobody gains anything, and the company certainly doesn't gain anything. And my point with that is that if you have a company and a company culture where these kind of things can happen, then you have such inherent problems with your company culture that any conversation that we have is null and void. Yeah. Because there's no way that I can get in there and explain to these people that what they're doing is maybe not the best thing to be doing. There's no way they're going to listen. Mm. It's like it's the same, the same uh, futile attempt uh, where you have those uh, public announcement uh, signs on the side of the road. Yeah. That say, uh, keep your distance. Mm. Right? From the thousand cars that pass by, mm. there might be one or two that go like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I was kind of getting close to the person in front of me. Mm. I do need to keep my distance. I will do that right now. Mm. And then from the hundred people that never bother about keeping their distance, they're not going to be bothered by a sign on the side of the road that tells them to keep their distance no why would they they don't care yeah. if they cared they would keep their distance in the first place oh well that yeah i think this is where there's 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 a, a um a, a difference in the way i think they do care but they think that they can manage it themselves and i think most people in this world want to feel that they're mature and able enough to make decisions about their life themselves you know there's that phrase the nanny state we ha we all i think that's very it. kind there's another level of somebody telling me what to do actually I'm a grown adult I can manage this myself is is an attitude that kind of comes that springs to mind I think that's very something. kind of you to say that <laughs> because with people who who distance distance themselves from uh, uh, the team so to speak uh, because he doesn't want to deal with it Mm. Or people that simply don't keep their distance because you know you need to get out of the way for them. Mm. Um, I think there's inherently something wrong. Is right? it? Yeah, I think there is. There is absolutely. I agree with you. There is something wrong with that, and it's about the culture that we have that is associated with this concept called work and workplaces. Yeah. So I, I do believe there's also, obviously, there's going to be a category of people that believe they can do it, they are in control, 
or they're sure that they should be able to be in control and don't ask for help because you know they should be able to deal with it or afraid to ask for help or whatever um, um, and these need help these people right so I think there's there's a great deal amount of people that that are on the on the fringe of um, being able to do the job but not getting the job done right so it's kind of a yeah this is an educational issue it's yeah, not exactly. a, it's not a personality issue it's not a power and control issue it's an educational issue well in in some cases where people are just afraid to ask for help because they're they're going to be bullied i'm just saying yeah something. yeah yeah absolutely that's yeah. what i was that's what i was meaning by there's something wrong with this sort of whole concept of this thing that we call work yeah and yeah. Place. Yeah, because these are the things that happen in workplaces. You know? Well, there's there's the, the thing there. You are in the position. You have been given, granted that position, uh, and yeah. now you are supposed to be able to do it, and you're supposed to know everything, and you're supposed to be able to handle it, no matter what, because you are in the position, and mm. that's not always so. In fact, it hardly ever is. I mean, you have to grow, you have to learn, and you cannot. No, not not everybody anyway can just jump into a whatever job and just do it. I mean, it takes yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. coaching. This is what I mean. This is what I mean by it's an educational issue. And I I know that money is tight for many organizations. I know of one where education and 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 personnel support is essential and core to the work that they do in the world. I mean, with their clients, and yet they have just made their budget for that zero. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're not going to provide educational support and personnel support and people support for the people who are doing the work, how on earth can you expect them to do the work with the clients well and effectively? No. It's, it's just basically saying we don't value education, good relationship building, and communication, you know, improving communication. So, but off you go and do that work with clients, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been given the promotion, so. Mm. You know, you know how to do it mm. because you're in the you you've been given the promotion, so you're promoted, so you're in that position, so you know it. And mm. you go like, no, <laughs> it might be the, kind of the other way around. Mm. But you know, it happens. And mm. if you happen to be in middle management, then, and if you're in an intolerant workplace, then you run the risk of getting shafted from both ends yeah and if you if you are somebody i mean some of the middle managers that i know on a personal level who are we've said this before this isn't about blaming at, at all who are actually really nice people and want to do a really of good course, thing in their lives yeah, why not they ha they have existential crises when they get to this level of of their work because it, previously they felt they were doing something there was a doing there was a creation there was a producing there was a you know being with clients it was all that kind of doing stuff that felt purposeful um, and then they, they they have these existential crises when they get to this middle level because what what is it that I actually do? They they're not sure what they actually do, and they're not sure that what they have been told to do by their job description or whatever is facilitating other people to do it well and happily as well. So, I think it's a question that many people are asking, like middle management. What well, you you get the difference between leader versus manager again, yeah, right? Yeah. Where you you manage the assets below you, right, and yeah. you manage the the results that your assets produce 
you know, you get very analytical, you get very um, uh, clinical mm. uh, with those kind of things. Well, we come back to the logical song again, mm-hmm. and uh, but but that's where you end up as 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 that person, right? Mm. I mean, they are going to come down to you and say, "Look, I'm looking at these statistics, and you know, they're different from the first quarter. So, what's up with that?" Right, and then you have to explain numbers, and you know everything gets uh, detached from the the, uh, the human connection, which, in the end, is the engine that makes us all run, right, or the fuel that makes us all run. Yeah, and again, we come back to the. I'm coming back to the thing that I often come back to when we have these conversations about reimagining work is that if there was one thing that we could make different is that we people realize work is about people. It actually doesn't matter what you're in the business of doing, but work is about people. And if we if we don't really comprehend that, you know, I was remembering a a, a, a fantastic man that I worked with in in a coach client relationship some years ago, who was really struggling with his role as a middle a new middle manager. And was making connections to the way that he was a father in his home and how he parented his children and related to his, his wife. And made some real connections of, oh, it, I think the most significant ones it seemed to me when he'd have these sort of silent moments and going, I really can't treat my son like that, really can I? He was really, he was really seeing that his upbringing, which led, led him to think that people were things to be controlled or managed, because that's the way he was parented. They're not. They're people that you need to have relationships with. And he made that link pri- primarily the, the joyful thing was seeing his face when he was talking about his family. And then he'd go, oh, see, I see my staff, my staff, they're not mine. They're not my staff. They're not my, you know, he'd have these amazing sort of insights in the middle of our sessions. And I think that was it, that he kind of made this huge shift in his thinking of work as a thing to be managed to work as about people. They are, from my mind, two entirely different and mutually exclusive concepts. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mainly because I think you can only approach the whole thing in so many ways, right? I mean, mm. you cannot either you approach it from a certain direction or you approach it from a from a different direction, but you cannot you cannot well maybe you can. I don't know. Are they are they con- combinable or you can you say well um it is about people, and it's it's not about managing assets. And I'm sure, on some level, of course, as a manager, you need to be aware of how many people you have, how many butts, and how many seats do you have. That, that's, how that's, many that's licenses true. do you need for your that's software, true. for instance? That's true. But that's how much money being, do, I do that, have a budget. I do have to worry about those kinds sure, of things. Sure, but that's different from being manageable and controllable. Okay, that's where there's that's where there's some conversations that I think are interesting that are being slowly unteased about this whole area of measurement. You know. KPIs and work performance reviews and measure what do we measure cultural measurements measurements because measurement has historically I think if you think about when did we learn to measure what things did we start to use as measurements comes out of science comes out of a mechanistic worldview comes out of machines comes out of the use of um, uh, something which is cause and effect if you do this then this will happen let's measure it you know scientific method is observing and measuring you do that with people, you can't use the same measures. 
and, and, and you can't go into it by expecting that you can either. So if work is about people, just throw out the idea that, that work is going to be manageable and controllable because mm. it's just not. No. no you, can use, you can still use uh, the same statistics in order to uh, get a, a, a good idea and a clear picture of your business, the health of your business, for instance. Absolutely. You absolutely. still need to measure. You still absolutely, need to know. Absolutely. I agree with that. But yeah. this is about how do you deal uh, with people directly, right? Yeah. Because if you use, um, if you approach uh, a member of your team as an asset or yes. as a statistic, mm. um, you know, you might as well just call them or give them a number and go like, hey, you number 231. Yeah. I need 21% more output from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what that's what our corporations would like, right? That's how they would like to break down the company all the way down. It to would the, make life to the easier. Lady yeah, it would make life easier. Or the cleaning person, sorry. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it doesn't work that way, and um, hence my argument that if we would re-educate, yeah, uh, middle management start in the middle, you know, get them to approach everything uh, in in a in a different way, in a more human way, in a more open way, and all those. Keywords, you know, <laughs> collaboration, trust, empathy, relationships, you know, mindset, and, and all those kind of things. Then um, the statistics will show eventually, I hope, uh, improvement. So I, I have to say, just then when you said use the word re educate, my mind went to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> re educate, I think I associate, and this is in my head, China. obviously, this is in my head, re education camps. <laughs> you know, you don't conform to what we expect of you, so we will re educate you. And I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, I, I'm, maybe it's just because the conversation we're in the middle of, I'm really struggling to think of something that I have had someone educate me about. That I didn't actually want on very on some level to be educated about. Mm. So there's a com there's lots of conversations, and this is why I think this story about medium and taking on holacracy and ditching holacracy and working out what actually it is that they're doing. That's why I'm find, finding it fascinating because the question they keep coming it seems to me they keep coming to I interpret as what works for us, but it comes about because they're having lots of conversations about well we're trying this how's it working eh, eh, it's all right it's not bad sure. You know what I mean? It's like the sure. a constant iteration and reinvention of what works for us. Yeah, I think will come about when you've got relationships with middle managers, and you can have conversations that allow them to consider and ponder and accept ideas and reject ideas, rather than batter them into a re-education camp. And say, you know, I a friend of mine in New Zealand is being put put through, and I use the word deliberate put through a leadership program, and. Frankly, if I, as I listen to her speak, I think it's probably a huge insult to her intelligence. I, knowing I, I, I agree when you, when, you, when you put it like that, John, yes, I agree. That might not be the right term to use. 
Oh no, I, it was. I wasn't making. I wasn't making fun of the use of the term. I'm just. It's you where were, my mind went to. It's okay. And, but I thought what's what's needed to get middle managers. Well, no, it's just good. But it's a good point. You know, when you when you come up with that, when you're talking like that, when you're talking about it in this history, when you're consulting or whatever, and and people would come down and say, "We figured it out. We're going to re-educate you." <laughs> and then everybody go like, "Wow, I don't think so." Wow, yeah, I've always wanted to go yeah, to North well, Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I love East Germany. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that's not going to happen. So no, I, 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 I'll give you that one because it's indeed it's it's not right. Um, I think bottom line is that yes, that's what we're talking about. I mean, uh, I mean. If if you move away from the traditional business management training that you get, yeah, you have to re-educate people, but you have to do it on a one-on-one-on-one-on-one-on-one basis. That's a good point. That's and absolutely right. You have yeah. to be able to, you know, you got to have a certain goal when you right. do this, right? You you cannot go in and say like, well, okay, we're gonna. Try something out. We're going to do this. Sure, or we're sure, going to do sure, that, sure. and we'll see where it happens. Sure, sure, sure. You got to yeah. have a, an objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the objective, in 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 the case of the post, and in my mind, is that we want middle managers, and let's just keep them calling that. Keep calling them that. Who are connected with the people, and uh, think about uh, how. Anything they do is going to react on the team, on the individual, on the on the, on the human, rather than how is it going to affect its bottom line, or something like that, mm. and um, and become better, you know, thinkers. I think thinkers, I'm just thinking about what you. I'm thinking about conversations you've had with me where my thinking has expanded because of something that you've discussed. For example, yeah. in in terms of the the actual layout. You know the conversation we had recently about layout of blogs and what they need to look like because it's a different context, it's a different world from a magazine page. Sure. And I remember I asked you that question months ago, and over the last week have thought about it and went, okay, that was the answer to the question I asked you. If we don't have the opportunity to have conversations with managers or whoever really that allows them to expand their thinking, it is I think thinking is really important in this. Yeah. In a way that suits them, that feels good to them, that is respectful to them. We're not going to get those changes. No. And it isn't about saying that's a bad idea, chuck out middle managers. I'm not, you know, I don't think I was suggesting that at all. No. But it's like, we're, and, and the one on one piece, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right on, and I agree with that. And I keep coming back to you and as one person, you and Sample as one person, it's just changing workplaces or changing organizations one conversation at a time. I've heard so many people use that expression over the years. It happens one conversation at a time. You put one foot in front of the other. And it's a really about finding those ones who are just at the door of readiness. I'm ready to have these conversations. I'm frustrated enough in my situation. I'm at the end of my incompetence and I don't know what to do. And I, I have see, these. I see examples you know, of how it can be. And I hear the success stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. I read on our traditional intranet. Yeah, yeah. But they're there. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so it's it's all about starting somewhere, right? Mm. Taking that first step. Yeah, and because let's not kid ourselves, all the changes that we talk about, 
depending on the size of the company, they're huge, right? I mean, it takes an incredible amount of effort and time and commitment in order to uh, change a company that fundamentally. And, uh, you know, yeah. Zappos and Medium, uh, I mean, what they're trying to do with Holacracy and going back from that, but retaining some of the, or this or uh, the philosophy there and those kind of things, that's extremely brave. I mean, I have a great deal of respect for that because at least they're trying something, right? And time will tell whether it'll work or not. And in some cases it will, especially when you're like medium, you're adapting to the concept when you're saying, well, you know, we, well, like what you say, you keep thinking, you keep reiterating the plan, right? Mm. You don't get sucked into that. Um, uh, our governments are very good at that. Uh, for instance, Joint Strike Fighter. It's, it's a classic example of, well, we're in it this far, so we have to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's already cost billions. Yeah, yeah, I know. But we already spent the billions. So if we don't continue with it, we're going to lose them. Yeah, but if you continue with them, you're mm. going to lose even more. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, 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 you know, if you... Yeah, you see, that's, that's that, again, that's like the old thinking. If you're going to, if you, if we're, we're going to lose it if we keep going. It's like, well, no. If you had to spend this many billions in order to learn this lesson, it's money well spent. Stop spending it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Move on. There, there again, it sh it, the shift is around learning rather than we just have to do this because we've started it, you know. If, if we were more interested in learning and consciousness and better relationships, the world would be in a much better place. Well, I think that's an excellent um, way of concluding. Uh, so so if, if, you're, if you're listening and you're, you're even slightly remotely interested in digital transformation and you've heard the words and you want to have a little bit of expanding mind, get in touch with Rahir about that. <laughs> yes. And, and if you're a manager who's, who's been given the role of sort of managing as if it could be done people, and you'd like to develop a bit more consciousness about how you do something at a bit more, at better service to your folks, get in touch with me. This is the stuff that we're passionate about, is learning and, and shifting and changing. But we do this one conversation at a time. And this was our 35th conversation and um, thank you for listening and uh, if you liked it share it with others so they can enjoy it too and we'll catch you on the next one thank you for listening goodbye